Amen. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, everyone. What a great morning so far, being together again in this new year. Well, um, this is a vision message. I've entitled it uh, Disciples Making Disciples. We've been talking about discipleship for a number of years now and uh, how we make disciples. And um, in many ways, this is year two of a five-year vision that we put out there uh, last year. And God's been good to us this year, even in some aspects of the fulfilling of that. And uh, we're grateful for that. And uh, a pandemic in the world doesn't change our vision. It doesn't change our mission in a sense. Um, It just might and has changed the way that we do things um, so that we can adapt within the world and the culture that we live in. Oh, I just want to bring a couple of observations um, as a framework for this, as well as Alan's excellent word. I want you to hear this word in the light of that word. And uh, God has indeed kind of backed us up, if you like, in the flowing river um, in terms of changing how we do things. And uh, that's a very relevant thing where we're at right now. A couple of observations about the world. We've never been more connected, have we? I mean, unbelievable. There is like a one world issue at the moment in this pandemic. But it seems like we've never also been so fragile uh, in terms of being in the place that we are at. And I want to suggest that this pandemic has upset something of the promise of the secular kind of story. You know, the things of pleasure and freedom and power and having what you want when you want it uh, is the story of the world. But that has been rocked, hasn't it? And as a result, there is an increasing spiritual hunger out there for something more, for something more foundational and solid in all of the change of this world. Observation about the church. Well, we've scattered. (laughs) In many ways, we've become more neighborhood and kind of road-orientated um, because those are the people that we're with uh, increasingly. And a sense of that community that we've somewhat lost of being together and how we desperately want that to be the case again face to face. We've gone online. Everyone that we want to reach, however, is online. And they're not necessarily in the building and nor are we at the moment. And uh, It's changed us, hasn't it? And even through this, there have been lessons, I hope, that we've each been learning, I know I have, to rely on God, not just to go through the motions of church and depend on leaders, but to trust and rely on Him. And my hope and my heart is that actually God is building a robust and a resilient church um, in these days. So if you put spiritual hunger and a resilient church or a disciple next to each other, then I'm hoping that in this year, God's going to use these things for good as he uses a pandemic for his glory. Surely this is one of the greatest opportunities, certainly in my life, for the church to be the church and to demonstrate to the world that there is another way, that there is gospel good news that people can turn to of Jesus Christ. Because out of crisis, So often as we look back in the history of the church comes renewal, comes restoration. And that's something of a theme that we are looking for and believing for this year. What do we want to do? We want to continue to be a blessing. That was last year's 
theme. That was what we went for. We want to continue to be a blessing by being a disciple, a follower of Jesus who makes disciples, a disciple-making disciple. It can't just stop with us. It's got to go to those around us. And so I want to take us right back to the beginning, if you like, the Great Commission, Matthew 28, where it originally started, if you like, for the disciples, and it continues for us in this day. So Matthew 28, 16 to 24, these are very well-known verses for us. I want to endeavor to give us a fresh look at these in a fresh new year. I'm going to take verse by verse, and we'll have a look at some of them. It says this, Then the the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. Um, When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. This is Jesus' resurrection appearance to the disciples. He's, He's shown himself to the two Marys, and he said to them, I want you to go and tell the gang to meet me on a mountain in Galilee. And here we, here we have it. Did you get that in, some, in verse 17? Some doubted, some worshipped. Both were commissioned. I want you to understand that this morning. You see, there were some who were worshipping him. And in this context, no doubt there's some today who have been worshipping him with all their heart. But I'm convinced there will be some who are doubting. God, what are you doing in this time? Where are you even in my own life? But both got commissioned. You see, however you're feeling, this commission is on. It's not stopped yet. You're in. God chooses you. And it's almost like in the going and in the commissioning, you begin to understand him and trust him some more. So friends, you're in whether you're doubting this morning or believing it. It presents something of the kind of the go scenario that Jesus wanted to paint. Not you can go and you can't. No, we all go together. So let's have a look at these. I've got three Ps. You'll recognize these three Ps because I've preached them before and it's it's something of what we're about here in Citygate Church. The first one is power. He, Jesus, is all-powerful. Verse 18, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. That's what Jesus said to them first. Why? Because he's about to tell them to go into all the world, to go to all the religions of the world, and to tell them that there is only one way to find life, to inherit eternal life, and that is through Jesus Christ. It's like the impossible task. Jesus knows, and as he says this to them, he knows that, that this very thing that they're about to do could get them killed in some places. And here in the UK, it can get you ridiculed as being intolerant or arrogant. But he says this, I wouldn't send you, I'm not going to say the things I'm about to say unless you know that I have all power over every nation and over every person within that nation. And therefore, every conversation that you have with a person, I have authority over that person's life. Everyone you talk to, I have right of ownership because I created them. I have right of redemption to their souls 
because I have all authority and all power over everything. Isn't that a great promise for us in the sense of where is God at the moment? He has it all in his hands. Very quickly, number two, purpose is to make disciples. That's what God has called us to. Verse 19 and 20, therefore go as you go and make disciples. Baptize in them in the name of the Father and of the Spirit, of the Son, sorry, and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. (laughs) Our purpose starts with firstly a person. Disciples identify with Jesus and so do we. Mark says recently, in looking at the situation in the world, he says we may not have a plan, but we have a person. And in many ways, in terms of the church today, we've planned so much, we almost ignored the person. And if the pandemic has done anything, it's helped us to get back to the person. You see, Jesus just walked with the Father in his ear. And we want to walk with Jesus and the Father, therefore, in our ears to help us know the plan as we walk each day. This identifying with Jesus is not just a one-off event, although it is a very significant one-off event in baptism. It is a life of identifying with him in every situation, everywhere you go, saying, I'm one of his. It's my purpose in life is to be one of his. By the way, if you want to get baptised, we're going to endeavour to do baptisms as best we can in the near future. So tell us, we'd love you to identify with Jesus in that way if you've never done so. You can go on to citygate.church forward slash events, sign up to baptism, go through a baptism course to help you understand what it is and what it means to identify with him. So once we've identified with him in a person, We then adopt a posture, a posture of obedience of everything that Jesus says. You know, teach, teach, teach everything that I commanded them to do. And we do that. We endeavor to do that. But you know, sometimes we can teach and we can assume that that means obeying. We can teach, can't we? And we can have so much knowledge and so much knowing, but we don't often have a whole lot of doing and observing all that God said. You know, we know this over Christmas, don't we? Like, we know that we're supposed to eat healthily, don't we? We know that. (laughs) But it's really hard to put that into practice on a daily basis. Do we do it? We know that we're supposed to exercise But if we looked at our collective kind of exercise plan across Citygate Church, would that result in doing and obeying? And I want to encourage us this year that we're going to go from knowing to doing in increasing measure. That we're going to obey him in our lives as we reflect him and are formed by him. You see, if you believe in a creator... You want to know what he says to you, how to live 
in this world and as one of his creation. And we're going to work that out, not just in church, but where we live, where we work and where we play. The church has shined away from this to some degree, this sense of obey, because it feels like it's legalistic. It feels like it's back to the law. But Jesus gave us these commands to bring us freedom. And one of the things we're going to do this year is we're going to help each other find greater freedom in living for him by helping one another to observe everything that he commanded us to do. Number three, presence. You recognize in these purpose, power, presence. He is with us. Verse 20, second part. Behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. He's given us a warrant. He's given us a passport, if you like, in terms of his authority to go. And now he gives us the hope in a promise that he is always going to be with us. You know, this year, no matter how you go, no matter what they respond to you like, i.e. the world out there, you can know that he is with you. What they do to you matters not because he is with you. He walks right by the side of you. He has chosen you. He has called you. He is sending you. Even though you don't feel like you've got much to give, he will help you right where you are to live this out. This is the promise for us. And he'll be with us until the end of the age, until the work is done. How are we going to work some of this out this year? Well, we're introducing something called DNA groups. Okay, they are smaller groups than what we've had before. And they're like people of twos to fours, probably an optimum of three. And we want people to gather in the Word by the Spirit and with each other through the body to go deeper in order to practice obedience with each other, to put into practice these demands, the commands as a disciple, to look at the Bible together, to go deeper in that way and to help each other work it out as a disciple of Jesus. But not just that, work out what it means to be a disciple maker. Increasingly this year, we're going to learn how to share what God's doing in us to those around us. So this same method of coming together to help us become more like him as followers of him already, we're going to use to help others come into the kingdom as we make disciples of those around us. This will work in hand with life groups continually on alternate weeks as we develop together um, working to change us from the inside out. Why are we doing this? Well, because we are broken, have been. God is mending us. We need help. We need accountability. We need something that's easy to replicate, that can multiply quickly, if you like, as we reach others. We'll be doing this after February half term, and there'll be preparations, and you'll be hearing much more about this as we go. We're broken. 
We're mended by Jesus and he's helping us to help others. There are so many broken people out there. There are so many broken promises. And our vision is to see these lives transformed for his glory. That's our theme for this year. We want to restore the broken. This restoration that we're hoping for out of this crisis. We're going to see them restored by being good news to the poor. You can see the image on the screen at the moment, our theme for the year. We're going to look at Isaiah 61 as a preaching series, looking at Jesus, if you like, fulfilling his mandate to be anointed by the Holy Spirit to bring and preach good news to the poor, to see the captives set free, to see the brokenhearted binded up, as it were, released the captives and the prisoners from their darkness. These are the things we're going to be looking to this year. We want to see the day of the Lord's favour. We want to see the year, this year, of the Lord's favour over us as a community helping others, working together. There's a pot on that visual, and uh, some of you might know of this Japanese art form. Uh, If you know about this, why don't you put it in the chat? Why don't you put a thumbs up? I know about this. And uh, it's uh, a great uh, thing that I've learned recently. It's the art of kintsuki. And uh, translated that word as golden joinery. It's a method of repairing broken pots and vases, broken ceramics with a lacquer that is mixed with gold. And unlike the Western philosophy that tries to hide brokenness, that tries to hide imperfection and strives and strives and strives for perfection, this features the brokenness. It is mended, if you like, at great cost. It is restored at great cost. And the original, therefore, is often more be- the, the, what is, is more beautiful than the original. As I've been thinking about this, it's, it's an obvious link, but God is the master, is he not, of Kintsuki? He says in Psalms 31, verse 12, he says, the psalmist is, is expressing, I am forgotten as though I were dead. I have become like broken pottery. Later in the, in the same psalm, in verse 22, it says, it says, but the Lord preserves me as I turn to him. You know, God has taken our broken pieces of our lives and he has mended them in a way that displays, first of all, his glory and then gives us a story to tell those around us. He is the potter. We are... The clay, it's in the cracks and it's in the scars that we demonstrate something of God's restoration in our own lives. I believe God's going to bring something of restoration to many this year. We're going to believe to see restored marriages, to see restored health, to see restored relationships See people who have been unemployed, restored into working, using their hands for Jesus. And you know what? Where you have been broken can sometimes be the 
the most and best place where you can minister to others. And this year, I, I believe God's going to do that in some of us as we seek him and tell the story of our brokenness. We're not here to try and impress people with our impeccable lives, our neat, brilliant lives. You know, well, our brokenness is one of our greatest gifts. We don't have to hold it all together in order to go and tell others what Jesus has done for us. You know, even in this pandemic, one way we can demonstrate how he is with us is that people need to see us clinging to Jesus in amongst the difficulty, in amongst the homeschooling, the stress, in amongst uh, debt, in amongst pain. And then they ask, how do you continue to have hope in all of that? Corporately, we're going to press forward from a food bank that has been an amazing thing for us over this pandemic into something bigger in this center, a community hub, a church-based, co-located care center, integrating support for people for things like social and financial and health and a whole bunch of other stuff through a partnership with local agencies, with charities and other churches we want to partner with them to see people transformed as we meet their need at the very heart of where they're at. But from there, we hope to tell them something of the good news of Jesus. We have the facilities, this amazing space. We'd love to develop a cafe if we ever get to be able to sit in one together um, without face masks. The prophetic is there right behind us in terms of what Alan said, the water seeping into the society around us, our community. We have people who are passionate about this and have skill and ability in this area. And we already have some agencies working in us for this together. We want to press into this in a greater measure. Isaiah 58 verse 10 says this. He says, if you spend yourself on behalf of the hungry and you satisfy the needs of the oppressed, then your light will rise in the darkness. Then your light will rise in the darkness and your night will become like the noonday. Church, we want to spend ourselves on behalf of those in need. Our aim, therefore, is to bring this front and center to be at the heart of social reform in Bournemouth, in our community, as a way of being a blessing to those who need it most. God's been so good to us. <laughs> He's been so good to you. And we want to give that away increasingly. We're going to continue to do that in Southbourne, looking at multi-site and other places Across this bay, there's been a knitting of hearts there and a, a gathering of solicitors and increasingly we're nearing the place. We hope this year we'll be able to do a formal launch of that site, as it were, part of our extended family to keep reaching across this bay for him. We want to invest increasingly in the next generation 
and our online work will continue to endeavor to reach those and be a blessing to those who are not gonna come to our building. Friends, this is a massive vision (laughs) that we have. I wanna encourage you to seek God as to your part in it. We believe God said to us, it's not a time to hoard, even though that would be the, the world's sense to do right now. It's not a time to hunker down. It's a time to keep being a blessing to those around us. We've flatlined our budget this year just because it's sensible and it's the right thing to do, but there's so much more we'd love to do. And so I wanna ask you to to seek God as to how you can give into this vision. We've had a COVID fund. You can give to this community hub specifically, or you can continue to give to our general fund, all of which is about mission and about this vision that we aim to fulfill in him. So I've talked about action. I've talked about putting this into practice. Here's three things that you can choose one of to go for this year. The first one, seek his restoration. If you need restoring, let this be the year for you. Second one, review your time, your treasures, and your talents. How can you help realize this vision in God with us? And number three, for all of us, let's be formed as disciples. Think about those small groups that you could be a part of. To continue in life groups as we uh, look to be DNA, as we look to replicate the very heart of God in every one of us and then in those that don't know him yet. Which one of those is your call for this year? You know, we can choose between two ways of being crazy as I finish. The foolishness of the gospel or the nonsense values of this world. I'm gonna be crazy for Jesus this year. Are you? Come with us. Let's be crazy together and see his kingdom come in Bournemouth. Let's pray. I wonder, why don't you stand right where you are at home if you're able to? It's just a way of changing your posture. Maybe this is a posture of obedience to God. I'm gonna pray for us and then we're gonna worship one last time. Father, thank you for this great vision (laughs) that you have put before us. It is daunting, but we know that in you, we can do all things. Lord, this was an impossible mission for the disciples, but you gave them all authority. Lord, may we know your power in our lives this year. Lord, this was gonna be difficult then and it's still difficult now, but you have promised to be with us. Lord, may people know your presence powerfully this year. Lord, may we up our purpose in you to be formed by you and to make disciples of others who don't know you yet. Lord, we wanna see lives transformed, our own and then others. Thank you that you have restored us at great cost. Lord, would you help us 
as a community to restore the broken by being a blessing and being good news to the poor this year. I pray right now the sovereign Lord would anoint us with his spirit to enable us to see this fulfilled and great strides to see in your kingdom come in greater measures in this way for your glory. In Jesus' name, we pray. We're gonna sing. We're gonna sing about building our life on a sure foundation on his love because he loved us first. Let's belt this out together.